0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: Practice just a few weeks away. Let's talk about the wide receiving group and a guy that really surprised me when I looked at his numbers all on today's Locked On Auburn. Well,
0: Zach, I, I actually just finished crushing some chicken parm and, and I'm, I'm freaking ready to rock and roll.
1: You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Yes, welcome on into Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. I'm your host, Zach Blackerby. Thank you so much for making Locked On Auburn your first listen every single day. It is a war rapport. Wednesday, Mike G from the War Report hanging out with us today for the full show. It seems like the last several weeks, Auburn's had a Tuesday night basketball game, and of course, they take on Vandy tonight. So, more on that matchup tomorrow. But look, dude, uh, you know, I'm doing stuff with AuburnDaily.com now. You're doing the same. Appreciate the content you're putting out there for, uh, you know, Sports Illustrated's Auburn coverage. It's been fun. Be sure to check that out, AuburnDaily.com. But something I was looking at, I wanted to write about the wide receivers a little bit. And you did as well as far as preparing for spring. But the main guy in this room is Shedrick Jackson, a guy that I think surprised some people with come, uh, you know, with him announcing that he was coming back. But look, the room really needs him. I mean, that is, a, that is a room with, I think, a lot of talent, but not a whole lot of experience. And Shedrick's really the only guy there that has that kind of experience. But... Looking at his numbers, Mike G., I, I was a little bit, um, I, I was a little comforted by by what I was looking at. And the gist of the article, and check it out at auburndaily.com, but I'd love your thoughts on this. When he lined up outside and was sent to the inside of the field, he found success. And then when mm-hmm. they forced things to him outside of the numbers, it wasn't very good. And I think that's something he can work on. But You know, it's kind of goes back to what I said throughout all of last year is I think Auburn's receivers are fine. There's just a bunch of guys that are number two and number three wide receivers, and they never could get that number one dude. And I got a feeling that's going to be a similar situation going in the spring and then obviously going into the season several months from now.
0: Yeah. You know, Shedrick was the second most targeted receiver last season, I believe.
1: Yeah. Behind just uh, behind Kobe.
0: Behind Kobe, right, and I, you know, I, the number what you said about the numbers definitely bears out, passes the eye test. He was it wasn't really it's not that Shedrick is is he's got talent, Zach he's got talent, but how they use them wasn't always the best. Yeah, last year, and I think if you can put him in more situations, kind of like a possession receiver, you know, he can sit down on a route, you know, secure a catch. Uh, you know, he's not going to take the top off of defense. He's not your deep threat. He's not going to win 50, 50 balls. No, he's not that guy. But uh, in certain situations, a a receiver like Shedrick can be useful in an offense with a quarterback who is accurate and will go to his checkdown, and that can be Shedrick. So, yeah, this, this might be one of those blessings in disguise for this offense next year. It, I know it doesn't look sexy on paper, but yeah. at the end of the day, the experience will be useful because a lot of experience left out.
1: Right, right. You know, w- with Kobe entering the portal and for whatever reason and going to UCF, that was a big blow. And then obviously Auburn loses Demetrius Robertson, and there's some guys thinking he's going to get drafted, which I think would be... Great for him. He's got some traits, so you could definitely see that translating to the next level to some extent. I think he'll be a day three guy if he gets taken. But, yeah, could Shedrick lead the way? And is it good for Auburn if Shedrick leads the way? Or do they need a guy like a Malcolm Johnson Jr., who I know you were really high on this time a year ago, Mike G? Is that a guy that they figure out how to use his speed? Or... You know, possibly a guy, you know, an incoming guy. I've seen Jay Fair's name a ton. I I don't think he's a year one guy. I think he's a guy that'll contribute a few seasons from now, but perhaps he could possibly step up. I mean, what's the best case scenario for Auburn at the wide receiver room this year?
0: Well, I think there there's talent in this room. I've always held that position to that sure. talent in this room. A lot of people felt like wide receiver was our bugaboo. I felt like a lot of their play was just symptomatic of overall problems we had on offense I get with that. inconsistencies, yeah. you know, and it definitely affected them this spring. Look, look for Brian Harson to really identify who the most consistent quarterback is doing the little things, ball placement to help out young receivers. Now, The last thing we want is we want a bunch of young guys out there worrying about where the ball is going to be before they catch it. You need those guys to be able to go out there like it's practice and play fast and catch. And I think whoever wins the starting quarterback job is going to have a big effect on that. Now who finished the season at quarterback TJ Finley did. Mm -hmm. Was he great with ball placement? It was uneven at best. Yeah. I think that, I think it's a fair statement to just say he was uneven at best. So He's going to have to improve on that if he wants a chance with this young receiver core. Uh, Zach Calzada's coming in. Uh, I have it on authority that he's not going to do much this spring. Now, he, he had shoulder right. surgery, it was his non throwing shoulder, yeah. but he's not going to do a ton of things in seven on seven this spring. They're going to try to protect him uh, somewhat, so he'll you know spend some time in the film room, learn the system. Uh, But then you have Robbie Ashford coming in and Demetrius Davis, who I also was told, has buttoned down and gotten on board and is working hard and he's accurate. So that's going to have a lot to do with how well these receivers do in 2022. They need a guy who can put the ball on the money and then, you know, drops were a problem last year. No question. So we can't escape that. You can't put it all all on the quarterbacks. Drops were a problem last year. We dropped balls in critical situations. So Malcolm Johnson, here's your time to step up. Now, he wasn't part of the drop problem, but he didn't get a ton of targets. And and we saw... He went on the the field that much. Yeah. They tried to find ways to work him in over the last three games, but... You know, I saw him use him on some jet sweeps and things of that nature, but he is a uh, uh, take-the-top-off-the-defense type of guy, and he's got an opportunity now with some of these departures. Uh, Tavares Dawson is still on this roster. Uh, There are guys here that can do some damage, and I look for one— Hear me out, Zach. I look for one freshman to step up and win a job in this wide receiver core this spring.
1: Okay. So you think there's a a better chance of a a freshman— Coming in and winning the job or a guy that's kind of been around a while, like um, like a Zevion Capers. I mean, he was a guy that came on as a freshman and then, you know, Malzahn was let go and, you know, the, you know things kind of didn't really pan out for him this most recent year. But similar situation, the opportunity wasn't really there. I mean, Auburn kind of stuck with the dudes that they had on the field and that was it. Um, I mean, mm. what, what do you think is more likely? A guy that's stuck around for a bit, kind of re-emerges like a Zevion Capers or possibly um, a freshman kind of coming out of nowhere?
0: You're going to hate this answer. I'm going to punt and say that there's an equal chance of both. Boo. Uh, you're right. Yeah, I do, I do hate people- that answer. <laughs> it's probably the correct answer, Mike G,
1: but it's very boring. It's a very boring answer.
0: <laughs> I, I knew you. I know you well enough to know you're going to hate that answer. <laughs> uh, you know, guys like Capers, you know, if you're still on this team, my assumption is is that you bought into the culture that this coach is yeah sure to instill right and uh, that's what I'm going with. So beyond that, you know, assuming that he's you know he's doing the things that he needs to do off the field to make it on the field, the experience in, in being here and knowing and having the strength and conditioning and, and and those kind of things up on the guys that are are coming in right is going to give him an edge but we have some super talented guys coming in that might be able to talent their way into a position, not necessarily over Xavion, but just in general, it's football, man. You put your best guys out there, no matter who they are. It doesn't matter if they're freshmen, man. If they know the system, yeah. they understand their assignment, and they bust ass in practice, they, get, they should get a chance to get on the field and improve it. I, I expect a much better spring battle than we saw last spring. Last spring, yeah. honestly, Zach – I was very frustrated with this staff the way last spring's practice went. Um, in, in what way? Uh, a day was underwhelming.
1: But that's a day, real- right? I mean, a day stinks. Like, yeah. we we get excited because it's like live football and we get to go and Jordan Hair and all that. Like, that's fun, but like, a day stinks historically. Yeah, but if you're
0: if you're bad, look, think think about it this way: for guys who have never played in front of a crowd, yeah. That's the biggest game a lot of them have played in. Sure. And last 8A left a lot to be desired because we were looking for that guy who was going to step up. Now, I I support this staff, Zach, but I'm telling you, I do not support the decision to roll Grant Loy out there for a whole half of football during 8A. I think that the receivers suffered from that. Okay. And this 8A, I don't see that. We don't have one on this. We don't have one on the roster. Uh, the th- of, of the guys who will go through spring ball, which, who is that? That's TJ Finley. Yep. That's Robbie Ashford. That's Demetrius Davis. And that's Holden Garner. I think that. And then all um, for
1: the- I don't think Trey Lindsey's done. So he'll get late reps. And I think Sawyer Pate, we get late reps.
0: Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> um, yeah, we will. But Great. because Calzada is going to kind of be on the sideline for this. Mm-hmm. You know, I believe those four guys will give these receivers enough good chances to make a play and show what they can do that we'll be able to hash out the wide receiver room a little better this this spring.
1: I hope so. And, and it, that, that was kind of the storyline, right? Was no one stepped up uh, last spring. Well, more on this in just a moment with Mike G of The War Report. Hey, this is a time of year that a lot of folks have pretty much just given up on the New Year's resolutions but not this year. A lot of folks are sticking to the uh, resolution of being healthy thanks to Built Bar. They have a ton of delicious flavors. Built Bars are, are protein bars, uh, very high in protein, very low in calories, and low in sugar. It's good for you, and it kind of helps you um, with all of those chocolate sweet cravings that you have going on. So be sure to check all of them out at Built.com. Use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off. That is at Built.com. Also want to talk about our friends at Fetch Me. My wife and I use Fetch Me uh, to celebrate Valentine's Day. They delivered um, some local food right to our home. We didn't feel like dealing with the hustle and bustle and, you know, competing for tables or anything like that. So we had some delicious food delivered right to our door. But also, Fetch Me now has FetchMeAlcohol.com, where they are one of the first folks throughout the state and the first folks throughout East Alabama to be able to deliver alcohol right to your door. Be sure to check that out at FetchMeAlcohol.com. They're in the process of adding over 3,000 products and uh, they're going to be updating their site soon. A lot of good things happening at FetchMeAlcohol.com, so be sure to check out our friends there. Fetch Me Delivery and FetchMeAlcohol.com. Mike G. of The War Report, what all is going on these days at The War Report?
0: Well, uh... We're going to check out Fetch Me over at the War Report, definitely. But, yeah. Uh, but other than that, we've got a lot of great things going. We're producing a lot of basketball content right now. Uh, you can go over to our channel, become a patron. Uh, that gives you access to some special content that we're doing. And we also have uh, some exciting things happening that I, I cannot reveal right now. But uh, we're working hard over at the War Report to bring you guys more Are you about and, what I
1: think you're talking about? Maybe. Maybe.
0: <laughs> maybe. Yeah, it is uh, exciting. We're working to be uh, as creative as possible. And, you know, January to July, we're working to keep fans engaged in what's going on in football. So for the casual fan who is not tracking recruiting or, you know, spring ball, we want to bring you guys that content, make it easy for you to access and understand.
1: Cool. Absolutely. You guys do a great job. Um, But yeah, going back to the wide receiver conversation, Zevion Capers is such an interesting name to me. Because of you know him playing a lot as a freshman then didn't play a whole lot last year. But my thing is like, I don't really know like what kind of receiver he is because he was a slot guy for Gus, but he doesn't look like a slot receiver to me. He looks like a more physical guy that you can kind of, you know, um, win one-on-ones. But I don't think we know if he can do that or not because he hasn't been asked to do that yet. But... Uh, it's just guys like him where it's like, okay, there's upside on this roster. Can they just figure this all out before 2022 starts?
0: Yeah, Xavion is interesting. I really like him. Me too. I like his talent. I I like his potential upside. And this is the year for guys like Xavion to break out. And off season the off season is about, you know, uh uh the offseason is about really digging in and getting in there and trying to figure out how can I get better. Now, we interviewed Brad LaRondo, and he told us, he said, man, Mike, it's, it's seven months of work for what ultimately boils down to 40 hours of football in the fall. Yeah. Seven months for 40 hours, just getting in there and busting ass and trying to figure out how you can get better and help the team. Xavion's got to do that this offseason. It's going to come down to that. You've got to know your assignment. The the biggest thing for any coach that decides to put you on the field is that he's got to trust you. He's got to trust that you know what to do. He's got to trust that you're going to pick up that block. He's got to trust that you're going to run the route to the right depth and be the, and he's got to trust that you're going to catch the ball and help the quarterback. So it's trust is built during the spring because by the time it gets to the fall, it's too late. The fall uh whatever evaluation we have in the fall is the culmination of all the things you did during the spring to prepare for the moment Mm -hmm. this is his time to prepare you're a veteran guy on this team you should know what the expectations are better than anybody so just get in there and put in the work and that's what i'm hoping to see from guys like xavion you know this spring i I hope he has a big a day i I just want to see him ball out this A a couple catch a couple touchdown passes make plays, play fast, and 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 see something exciting from, from a kid like him.
1: Yeah, and then the whole aspect of, you know, you played a lot, then, you know, you, you lost a lot of playing time, but you didn't leave in this age of college football. You know, a, a lot of folks would have left and entered the portal, so I'd love for him to get rewarded, absolutely. Um, as far as other guys possibly, like, slotting out to wide receiver, like a Landon King or some other of these tight ends, how likely do you think that is? And if it happens, how much of an impact could we actually see it have?
0: It's interesting that you say Landon King because he's another one that I really like. Yeah. But I'll tell you, um, it's going to be hard for Landon because the other tight ends are really good. I like I like all our tight ends. Uh, Deal, uh, Shanker, um, Fromm, there's a lot of talent there, but you try to get your best talent on the field. So slotting him in at, at, at receiver, at like, you know, inside, right in the slot, mm-hmm. like you said, might be a good idea to just to get your guys on the field that are going to make plays for you. So look for them to mix it up. We still don't know who our offensive coordinator is. So some of this is in flux, <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> right? All right, right, the offensive coordinator is. But really
1: and... it's Brian Harson, right? Like really right. Brian Harson's the offensive coordinator.
0: Which is. It's To some extent, is what it should be when you have an offensive head coach. I right? agree, like, yeah. You have an offensive head coach. Offensive coordinator is, unless you're bringing, I, I just think it should be kind of a formality. But at the end of the day, if I had one question for Brian Harson, it would be, what is the offensive identity of this football team going to be next year? Mm. I don't think we really figured that out last year because we know what he wanted to do. And what he ended up doing was not what he wanted to do. So it's almost as if they had no identity last right. year. And this year, they've definitely find an identity this year, Zach. So, yeah, I, um, I, you know, how he's used is going to have a lot to do with what identity we have on offense.
1: No question. No question. I, I want to ask you another question on that um, in just a second. Today's show brought to you by BetOnline. Uh, BetOnline.net has the latest odds, totals, player performance props, uh, the, they even have you know who the next coach is going to be fired and you know where they may land. They've got odds for everything at BetOnline.net. That is the number one spot for all of your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all of your sports scores and news this season. So head to their website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action. BetOnline, where the game starts.
0: But that's
1: always something I ask, Mike G, when I look at a, a team or, you know, I'm evaluating a specific player is I love to ask the question, what do you do well? What is it that you do well or, you know, that gives you a chance to win? And offensively last year, I don't know the answer to that question. Like Tank was really good, but your running game wasn't. Mm. Um, I kind of like some of the stuff that Bobo did, but you couldn't execute it. And so it's like, what could you do well? And so they've got to fix that. They have to leave spring knowing, okay, in the fall, we could be able to do this well.
0: Yeah, that's a great point. Uh, What was the offense really good at last year? We had a great running back, but we had terrible run block.
1: I think using the tight ends, ironically, was Mm -hmm. the the best, was the strength of the offense.
0: Yeah, Bo early in the season did a good job finding the tight ends. I thought him and Shanker and from had a really good rapport and they seem to have some chemistry on the field. (laughs) Yeah. They had a war rapport on the field, but they had, um, they did some good things, but you know, thinking back on it, I think you're right. That's, that's about, that was the highlight of this offense. We were not particularly good throwing the deep ball. Uh, run blocking was terrible. Tank was fighting for his life in yeah. the backfield most of the time, and against better competition, we overall just kind of str- we struggled with consistency. Mm-hmm. They had they had bright spots at points for halves, but they never played a complete football game offensively uh, in SEC play. Uh, so, right. if you know I'm wrong, somebody correct me, but I I don't think we ever played a full game a complete game offensively in sec play last year so it's got to start with run blocking Brian Ole Miss was repeat- probably the closest yeah and that was only one half of football Man, right we only scored three points after the half in that game so i i brian Harson has repeatedly said that he wants to be balanced but he want, also wants to be a downhill running team and when your o-line isn't good at run blocking it's hard to do that, mm-hmm. so we ended up throwing the ball way more than he wanted to, and that's why I said it's almost like we had no identity because we I know what he wanted to do, but they weren't able to execute that, so they had to go what they needed to do. Right? You get behind the chains on first and second down, and then you're throwing way more than you want to. And at the end of the game, the stat sheet would look so lopsided, it's like, hey, why did we throw so much? Yeah, <laughs> you know, and he's he he said he, he answered the question I asked him in a presser, he said, We, we got behind. Mm-hmm. We got behind and we had to throw and we couldn't run our way out of the hole. That happened quite a bit last year. So they yeah. got to f- figure out a way to stay ahead of the chains.
1: I, I do think a few of those games, it really just felt like the flow of everything got away from them. And I say mm-hmm. them, I mean like uh, specifically Bobo, if he was the one calling plays there. But I, I just imagine like, you know, Penn State, they had to have wished they ran the ball more. Mm -hmm. Um, LSU, maybe not, but like Ole Miss, you know, I think that's one where it's like, they probably wish they ran the ball more, but whatever hindsight's 2020. I think it's just important to see, okay, did this coaching staff learn what it needed to learn and get more information about the team as a whole, the conference as a whole than each individual player on the roster. I mean, last spring, he didn't know who these kids were. And so, you know, there's going to be a big step, I think over the next, uh, the next few weeks. Mike G, thank yeah. you so much for your time, man. We got to cut today's episode short. Uh, we got dinner reservations where you're celebrating my wife's birthday <laughs> hey, in just a few minutes. Hey, so, um, happy
0: birthday, Miss Blackerby!
1: I will, uh, I will pass that along, bud. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Once again, real quick, how can folks sign up and subscribe and support you guys?
0: Hey, just come on over to YouTube. Find the uh, join button, become a patron, help support our content. Uh, We're growing every day. We're bringing you guys more access. Again, January to July, helping keep fans engaged in Auburn sports.
1: Awesome. That's Mike G. Be sure to check out the War Report. We will be back tomorrow right here on Locked on Auburn.